News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Leadership Detectives. I hope you're having a good week so far. Human emotions. Some of them can help us. Some of them can hinder us. The one we want to talk about today is that of blame. If you've got a blame culture in your organisation, it can be so destructive. Looking at who made the mistake, why did they do it wrong? And trying to get rid of that from your business is the role of a leader. Leaders should stop that blame culture within their business and first of all try to understand it and then take action to remove it. On its own, it isn't everything, but if it's an underlying culture and you've got that underlying behavior, it could stifle the growth of your business and the positive development you need. So this episode is about understanding that and looking at what leaders can do to address that within their business. This episode, by the way, was suggested to us by one of our loyal listeners, James Loftus. So James, this one's for you. Guys, hope you enjoy. Please take on board the lessons and I hope it makes your business better. Take care. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Detectives where we're trying to uncover clues of great leadership. And I'm delighted to be joined like I am every time on our 34th episode by my good friend Albert Joseph. How you doing, mate? I'm really good. I'm really good. You're right. Episode 34. Fantastic. Really good, actually. How's your week been? How's it been? What have you been up to? Uh, it's, it's been all right. Yeah, no, I've had a busy week. I've, um, yeah, obviously here in this room, um, <laughs> like everybody, uh, but not, I haven't had any courses to teach this week. I've been doing some coaching and I've had some, uh, some kind of new projects I've been doing online, which has been really interesting. So learning new stuff, which has been, uh, been good fun. How about you? Yeah, likewise, actually, I've had, I've got work going on at home, as you know, so from a personal side, that's going on, which is really good. But on the business side, busy with the client I'm working with, but also potentially some new stuff coming up. So it's been a busy week, actually, there's a lot going on. Um, Where are we now? We're still in January, right? Just, just, yeah. I mean, it's kicked off and it's just been going crazy. I remember when we did the one we recorded at the end of 2020 and you said, should we feel guilty about the fact that we've actually probably had a good year yeah 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 but it's just come into this year and kept going right so hope that's the same for our listeners out there right i hope you guys are having a good year i hope it's kicked off well for you but can we add value for you now let's yeah. see and and you know and I, I wanted to have a chat with you today as well mate because i've been a bit worried about our podcast um you, you know listening's going down a bit and you yep. own podcasts and i want to know what you're doing about it yeah <laughs> it, it, it isn't all my fault right because you didn't tell me that I owned podcasts. I knew I was running with podcasts, but I didn't know I owned it. Oh, so it's my fault. Well, I, maybe it's not your fault. It's just about a lack of clarity about what you needed me to do. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Which but, leads but, us on. <laughs> go on, go on. I know. I just, 
I'm a bit demotivated now, actually. <laughs> yeah, so you're feeling more committed now to doing a podcast, a better job with the podcast? Probably not, no. no. <laughs> and so we wanted to talk today about the damage a blame culture can do and how leaders have a responsibility for trying to avoid a blame culture and create the opposite, create a non-blame culture and how it can empower your business. Yeah. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about because we see it everywhere. And I, I listened to something this morning, which was interesting. And they asked a, a, a big group of leaders and they said, how many things that go wrong are someone else's responsibility? Mm-hmm. And 70% of them said, yes, yeah, 70% of those problems were, were someone else's responsibility. Wow. When they actually drilled into those specific issues that had happened, it was like two to 5% were someone else's responsibilities the other ones were avoidable with better leadership and with enabling the people to succeed wow it's a real problem i mean what's your experience of blame culture i don't know if we look at the world we came from and the jobs that we did the company the major company you and i worked in it was really really prevalent right it wasn't about the issue as much which was crazy it was much more about who are we going to hold accountable for what happened? I have no problem with the word accountability, by the way, because that tells me what I own and what I'm responsible for. But if accountability word is turned into, I'm going to blame you for it because you didn't get it right, I don't get that. So my experience of it is it can be very damaging. But if we can turn it on its head and actually understand not blame, but accountability, how can we use that more positively? But, but unfortunately, if you use the word blame, the word blame is just negative, isn't it? It is. And, and it's everywhere, right? In human beings, one of our natural reactions because of our reptilian brain is fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, when we're put in a threatening position, we mm-hmm. fight. And one of the ways we fight is through blame. Yeah. We go, hang on, that wasn't me. That was someone else. Deflect it, right? Let's deflect, deflect it. Or, yeah, you know, don't take it on board. And it's, it's very natural to do that. And I'm crikey, I'm guilty of, of doing it in, um, in, you know, in a work environment, in a home environment, actually, yeah, yeah. to be fair, in a, at yeah. home, I've, I've yeah. uh, blamed other people <laughs> for things that were probably my fault. She's probably not watching this, Neil. No, so no, let's hope not. And, um, but what, you know, one of the most embarrassing, I'll tell you a story. So one of the most embarrassing, and this is one of the things about blame, right? When you blame someone and you know it's your fault, it's actually a, but one of the most embarrassing things happened when I was in the military and I was in the bomb disposal uh, unit. And we were doing an exercise clearing a building of uh, IEDs, of imp- improvised explosive devices. And I was the commander in charge. The team went in um, to make the, the safe. And because I was the bomb disposal expert, I had to go in and, and make the devices safe and I did most of them and there was one I thought I'd made safe but I hadn't disconnected the battery which was a key part anyway I I, I then got picked up by the people who were observing this exercise and said look you failed to do this you would have blown your whole team up and I went no no that's not fair you know that was that's not a great example of how to do this you know you're being unfair on me we should have done this we should have that and actually the, the scenario wasn't the right scenario because that would have never really happened. And I yeah. just started laying out all these blames because I've just blown up my team. <laughs> and uh, uh, and I just felt, I still remember it now. That's how embarrassed I was about it. But that's a really good example, right? What good 
came from you worrying about blaming the fact that you've blown up your mate? What good came from that? It was purely to make deflect the situation and for, for me to fight back because I thought I was being yeah. attacked. Yeah. And I think that's what happens in in business, in corporate, when when someone starts is is back to the corner. Why did you miss your target? Why didn't you close that deal? Yeah. Then it's there's all these excuses as to why it's someone else's fault. Yeah. Well, the pricing was too slow. Or, you know, um, uh, the contract T's and C's didn't match what I needed. Or the decision maker wasn't available. Or, you know, I've, I've, I've heard all the excuses. I, I, I used to run a business in IBM and my sales leader once said, it isn't my problem. We can't make our targets. Offerings doesn't create anything for us to sell. <laughs> exactly. So there's always, uh, but, you know, there are some fair process issues that need reviewing like that one um but it, no in any in any organization sales and product design always have challenges um, I, I think i think the interesting thing in this topic and and where neil and i want to go with this by the way guys is we want to end up in a place where we say so what can you do about it but mm -hmm. we, there are some examples it's worth us putting on the table so you can think that through because you've probably got some own examples from your own world whether it's in your personal world or your business world <clears throat> we've all been there Right? And we may have been there as the victim. <clears throat> we may have been there as the protagonist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's learning in both of those. But if you are the protagonist, you've got more control to not let this happen. Right. And I also find, by the way, Neil, it's infectious. That right. if you start creating a different world, people will come with you on that world. If you create a world which is about blame, people will come with you on that world as well. Well, so let's just explore that for a second, right? So let's look at the dark world of living in a blame culture. Yep. And I think it is important to look at that. So I did a little bit of research on this and wherever you look, the research kind of points to the same thing. So what's the damage it does to the business? Mm -hmm. And this is why it's important as leaders to listen to this, right? It damages your business. Mm -hmm. So what kind of damage does it do? The attrition rate of employees goes up because no one wants to live in a blame culture where whatever they do, they can't do it right or their boss is going to blame them. Yeah. The second one was um, it reduces productivity. It reduces that commitment you get from people when they want to be there and they feel empowered. Um, the third one was you get decision escalation, which means you as a boss are the only one who can make decisions because no one wants to take the risk of making a decision below you in case they get blamed. <laughs> And then uh, the fourth one was it, it uh, suppresses innovation and creativity because no one wants to take the risk of being wrong in innovating and creating or doing something that's outside of the process they've been told what to do. And yeah, that's yeah. the kind of damage. So, and it's a blame at the top because culture starts at the top. Blame at the top drives blame downwards. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I wrote down as you were talking risk taking, and then you came in with that one straight away. Right. Yeah. We know that taking risks has the best potential for great outcomes, but it also has the risk that it could go wrong. But I can't remember who ever said it. And there are people who question who actually said it, right? Somebody told me it was Nelson Mandela, but it might have been others. There is no failure. There is only success and learning. Now, I don't know who actually really said that. But the truth is, if you don't take risks, you won't do that. And you're not going to take risks if you're going to be blamed. You're going to sit back, take the safest course of action, which probably has the least best outcome. 
right? Because you're not yeah. pushing it to as far <clears throat> as you could push it. Yeah, yeah, why would you stick your head above the parapet if you know it's going to get shot off and you're going to get blamed if it goes right? And if it goes right, of course, your boss is going to take the credit for it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, um, yeah, who wants to live in that place where you you cannot grow if you don't expand and to expand, you've got to make things go wrong. There's yeah. a, there, do you know, there's a uh, uh, Hoffman, the guy who um, set up LinkedIn. I can't remember his. It'll come to me. But he he put in his his manager's objectives. Reed Hoffman, he put in his manager's objectives to fail twenty percent of the time, <laughs> and they had to prove to him that they failed twenty percent of the time. And if they didn't, they had to explain what they were going to do next month to fail twenty percent of the time. Because he that? knew that they could. He had to create a culture where it was okay to fail; otherwise, they couldn't grow. Imagine you're going out in the morning looking for an opportunity of failure to work on. Yeah. Now, that, there's a difference between failing and cocking up, yeah. you know, and damaging the business. It's, it's failing because you're trying something new. Take risks. Push yourself. Yeah. Expand the push the envelope, whatever the term is. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I think the um, Matthew Side's book, Black Box Thinking, is a really and a lot of people out there in, in the leadership world will have read it. But he talks about two great examples in there of healthcare and the aviation industry. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about it in the feedback culture, but it fits with blame as well. So in the healthcare industry, in the US specifically, when things go wrong, everybody's trying to cover their backsides yep. because they don't want to be sued because there's a blame culture. If it goes wrong, someone must be to blame. In fact, you see adverts saying that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Where there's a blame, there's a claim. Where there's a blame, there's a claim. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so when things go wrong, they don't look and go, right, what could I learn from this so that the next patient doesn't suffer from this? Everybody buttons down the hatches, hides what happened, and no one learns from it. Mm. And guess what? People die the next day of the same thing with the same mistake. Yeah. Whereas in the aviation industry, when they sit down and review a, a near miss or an incident, they have a process of learning. Mm -hmm. They listen to everybody, the pilots, the engineers, everybody, ground crew, and they try and improve and learn from it, not blame anyone. And, and guess what? You know, it's the safest form of transport. There's a good connection there, isn't there, between not having a blame culture and continuous improvement. There's a, there's a good connection there, which yeah, I yeah. hadn't thought yeah. of, right? Yeah. Um, and you said something in our preparation as well, Neil, was around fear, right? Yeah. This whole thing just carries fear within it. Fear of failure, I think, was one thing you said. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one that you mentioned? Oh, I, so I was talking about fear of failure, and then there's incompetence as well. Yeah, fear of failure or incompetence. <laughs> it was a, let me tell you, it was an interesting conversation we had, guys, because we said, as a leader, you're probably either fear of failure um, or fear of it. So it's incompetence. Yeah. Incompetence. If you're a bully, if you're yeah. bully as a leader, you're either scared or you're incompetent and you're blaming other people for those two emotions that you've got. So which label would you prefer to have? Guys? Yeah. Have yeah. Think about that, right? yeah. Or have none of them or have none of them because you're not in this world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And change your thinking into a world where if things don't work well, learn from it, adjust, move on. Right. And you will continually improve, develop and grow yourself, your team, your business. Yeah. Come on. Who who doesn't want to be there? Who doesn't want to be in that world? Come on.
Well, if they're enabled to be. So if you're a middle management and your management is in this blame culture, you've got to you've almost got to be the person who's deflecting that and enabling your team to thrive below you. But you're having to deal with this blame culture and work out how you can manage that. And there are ways of, of managing it because um, we learned how to, to manage it. But, but you, you and I have talked about that on here before, Neil, right? There's two other words that came in here. One of them was about the courage to step up and take that and don't transfer to your team what you're getting placed upon you. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is acting as the buffer. You need to absorb that and don't let it get through. Now, that ain't easy, right? But no one said leadership was easy. So there's an episode we should do on this, actually, on upward management. I think because um, I spend a lot of time when I'm coaching people uh, on upward management, whether it's upward management to, the, to a level of directors or to investors or to owners of businesses or whatever it is. Yeah, it's probably a whole episode on how to do upward management. Yeah. So 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 I think what we've done is we've said, look, there's a problem here. The blame culture environment damages your business damages your employees, damages your productivity. It's, it's not good for anyone. Yep. So then what do you do about it? And what, what would your advice be to someone if they wanted to try and change that in their business? The first thing I would say is the topic of what the blame is, is the thing you're trying to fix. So think about the problem that you were trying to address. Don't think about who caused the problem. Hmm. And that's got to be your point of focus. So the difference is between is it an individual or is it a subject or a topic or an item? That, that would be the number one for me. What is it we're trying to fix? What is it we're trying to create? What is it we're trying to do? That should be your focus. So, First, so look at focus on the solution. Yeah. And how you might address the solution rather than how you got to the place you're at. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong in working out that something went wrong. So mm -hmm. long as you're not trying to hold someone accountable for the fact it went wrong. I think in the, we talked to in, in the prep, you were talking about formula one, right? And someone didn't, so, look, the, the, the pit didn't turn this round as fast as they should have done. We're not looking to identify who the person was. We're trying to identify what it was. So as you said, in the prep example, the gun didn't work on the wheel, right? Okay, we're not trying to find out who was responsible for that gun. But why didn't that gun work? That's what's important. Yeah. Right? So, um, so you've got, to, you've got to, so they talk about it. When I read about this earlier, they talk about work on the system and the process. Yeah. Not looking to blame individuals yeah. in, the, in the process. And I think that's really important. So, okay, I've got that. Um, so focus on the system, the process, and how you might make that better. Mm -hmm. um, what else would you suggest? If you wanted to make this positive and not negative, realize there's an opportunity for learning, development and growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually turn it on its head and go, rather than us having a failure, we've got a learning opportunity. Brilliant. Yeah. And if you exercise that learning opportunity, do you not come off smarter and better than you were before? So, so then it's create. How do you create that culture? So when something goes wrong that you then, okay, team, Great. Fantastic. Well done to Joe. We've now got a learning opportunity here, guys. What can we do? So I guess it's how do you go from um, let's blame Joe to how can we learn from the 
the failure in the process he's uncovered? Do you know, I'm not an expert in it, right? But in agile methodologies, one of the things they teach is for you to continually ask, what could I have done better? What Mm. could I have done better? But then for you also to look at the team and say, what could we have done better as a team? Right. And again, don't come back to, oh, in the team is actually Neil, Dave and Albert. The one that screwed up was Dave. No, we're not looking at that. In the team. So I personally could have done this better. Mm-hmm. That would have given us a better outcome. But the team could have done this better. What can we do to make sure that happens next time? And I think there's a couple of things to remember here. And uh, there's a phrase that you used to use all the time, which I use, still use now, which was no one come, wakes up in the morning and comes to work to screw up yeah you know everyone comes to work with the intention of i want to do the best i can today yeah with the resources i've got the skills i've got the capability i've got or whatever it might be i want to do the best i can today in general anyway yeah. um and i think if if a, if a leader has the point of view that says if something doesn't go right how can i create a culture of let's what can we learn from that how can i accept the fact that this person might not have had the skills they needed or they might not have had the knowledge. Or the... But actually, one of the things that you need to do, and we've talked about this a lot, is people have got to know what good looks like. They've, they've got to know that, that this is your expectation because typically we are disappointed when our expectations aren't met. And so if a boss, as a leader, if you're not helping people understand what good looks like, then guess what? You're going to be disappointed. For, for those of you that don't know it, guys, that's one of Neil's favourite phrases, yeah. right? Because it absolutely brings you, it's, it can stop meetings in their track when you ask what good looked like and people stare each other around the room, yeah. right? It's a really, really important methodology to think about, guys, and it's such a simple question, but it's such a powerful one. So I'm going to, there was a couple of examples that I looked at and I've, I've heard on uh, in interviews and I actually saw David Coulthard presented on stage at a, an event I was at. Mm-hmm. And you, you, so I just want to look at, so the New Zealand rugby team, one of the things they do, and it was their captain at the time, but one of their, he was talking about it. They, they sit down after every match in the room and they go in, in the changing room and they each are given feedback by their peers on what they saw and what they thought they could have done better. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it might be, well, you were out of position here. You know, I really needed you ahead of me or, you know, when I had uh, had to tackle this guy, you know, you could have filled in behind me, you know, so they give feedback. And one of the key things about that is there's, there's no opportunity to say, actually, no, you're wrong no, you're wrong. I did do that. And, but I didn't do that because I was thinking this, yeah, yeah. So you can't defend what you're hearing. You're just receiving feedback and that's an opportunity to learn and make you better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Have you ever run a, 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 as a leader, have you ever done that in a leadership uh, capacity? Yeah. Probably more in a, in a kind of root cause analysis. I mean, you and I worked on deals all the time, right? When we win the deal, there's nothing but celebration, right? Mm, mm, mm. When we lose the deal, what's the first thing that happens? Right? Oh, yeah. No, why did you lose? But why did we lose? no one ever looks at the learning from that, or very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was really, that was part of my world for many years, was the blame culture. That if you've lost the deal, someone's going to get shot. Yeah, yeah. No, that is a crazy place to have been, right? So, lost In fact, actually thinking about it, the best... <laughs> 
learning we ever had was when we lost a major bank <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. And I remember my part in that was I went and found the salesman who'd sold the deal against us. Yeah. And I brought him into the company <laughs> and paid him as a consultant for a day to sit down and run workshops on how he beat us to yep. learn what we could learn from him. And we learned <clears throat> a hell of a lot in yes, that process. Um, yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a, a good example. And I think the, the other example, so you mentioned Formula One, right? The other example is that in Formula One at the end of a race, whether they've won, lost, finished the race, not finished the race, they each review, they sit down and before they travel, before they go out and party, they each mm. review each department again and they get feedback from every other department on what could you have done better. Yeah. And yeah. So you've got to foster that culture of feedback to enable growth. Which is interesting what you just said there, Neil. It's departments, right? So as an entity, they're talking to a different entity. So no one's taking it that personally down to an individual. It's entities sharing with each other to say, how can we jointly? So in a company, it's businesses and functions saying, how can we move the company forward? Yeah. That's such a powerful thinking. Yeah. Can you imagine creating that? So what we've kind of established is blame culture is very painful. It's a horrible place to work. It's not good for the business. It's not good for the individuals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there are lots of examples of where it doesn't work and it damages even people's lives. Yeah. And the way you fix that is some of the things that, that Albert and I've just been talking about is you focus on the process and the system, not on the individuals. And how can you make that better? How can you grow? Yeah. Um, openness and trust and communication and creating that feedback environment um, and, and make sure people know what good looks like. So you're clear on that common goal, that common vision and where each person fits in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a natural, don't worry if you do feel like blaming someone, that's a natural human reaction. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'd add in there, Neil, is everybody take responsibility for inputting to this. Don't sit on the sideline waiting for somebody else to comment. And if you do see a blame culture, it, is, it does take courage. I'm not sitting there with your job. I don't have your mortgage to pay, guys. And I know that it's a challenge that if you see that, if you jump in, it could cost you. But you need to gauge that. But mm. by the way, you could be the one that changes everything happening in the room or in that scenario because you could stop it. You could stop that rolling down the road and say, whoa, hang on, guys, we're focused in the wrong place here. And I think the, the, the leadership of that, so for the leadership detectives, the clues in there are you've got to create the environment to enable that to happen. Yes. You've got to spot blame when it comes down to you and you've got to spot blame when you're thinking it and feeling it. You've got to stop blame within your teams and you've got to create that openness feedback engagement etc here's an invitation guys drop into the comments where you think a blame culture is positive and why mm. be glad to hear it because i can't think of it right but we might be missing something neil because you and i are optimists right but we're realists as well so if we're missing something guys please tell us yeah. um just another comment i'd like to make while i'm here we're on this topic because we had a recommendation from one of our listeners so thank you guys for keeping that coming forward. James Loftus, by the way. So James, here's your credit. We've kept it till the end. So if you didn't watch the whole thing, you wouldn't have heard us say that. Right? <laughs> All credit to you, James, for, for putting that topic forward. 
because when we first looked at it, we went, what do we think's here? And we suddenly realized it's such a great topic. And mm. by the way, it exists in all of our lives. I, I yeah. dare someone to say it doesn't exist in their life. Yeah, and, and it is a human emotion that we have to recognize we all have. It's just how, what we do with that emotion. Yeah, and um, just to thank you to Neil here for doing the research, because I apologize, guys. I was a bit lazy and I didn't do any on this topic. So Neil, thanks for, for doing Well, that. hopefully there's a learning experience in there as well <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a conversation about that later now it's fine and, 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 and it, look it's it's great to talk about this because it is an important topic and we want to help the leaders out there so hopefully this will help you and thanks for listening great to see you again mate uh please subscribe guys i keep putting my thumbs down when i say subscribe i mean give us a thumbs up <laughs> and subscribe um <laughs> and see you in the next episode fantastic Now more than ever, it's critical that customers find accurate information about your business. LocalWorks by Yahoo Small Business makes it easy to add, edit, and publish business information across 70-plus local directories from a single dashboard. Ensure your business is found with LocalWorks and save 10% today by using code LWPODCAST. Visit yahoosmallbusiness.com slash local to find out more. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com.